The human body is a singular object. Frustrated with your pain or injury? That sucks, but I'm here to help. Hi, my name is Denise DeShetler and I'm a body worker and educator. Why is it so hard to find the care we need to feel better? Most of my clients have asked that question for years until we started working together. Now I'm going to help you find those answers. I'll explore different health disciplines and chat with talented practitioners. We'll share our insights and practical advice to help you get the results you need to feel good again. Because seeking the right care for your health can be a pain in the arse. But with me, your wellness journey will turn into a fun-filled adventure. Buckle up, baby, for the Passionate Health Advocate Show. Welcome, listeners, and thanks for joining. I'm happy you're here. Today, we are going to a place where one man uses a multi-modality approach to heal people. Let's buckle up. Welcome to the land of performance therapy. We are searching for Ari Granich. He is known as the performance therapist with over a quarter of century helping A-list actors and professional and Olympic athletes go from injuries to gold medals and legacy championships. Is that you? I am. Uh, I'm here. Yes. Oh, thank you, Ari, for inviting us to this land. We are very curious to know all about it and what brought you here. Well, that is uh, quite quite a long story. I'll try to shorten it up pretty uh, pretty succinctly. But um, I grew up in a very odd way. I have uh, a brain tumor that was not found for a long time, but I was treated for it. Uh, interestingly enough, for all the symptoms that went along with it, and so. 12 years old, I'm treating this, and I'm thinking, okay, this isn't working. So I start looking into herbal medicines and natural medicines. And you might say that for somebody who's 12 years old, that sounds unusual, but I that was ha- exactly going to be my, my, my response. I had Amway in my garage. So I remember the smell coming out of the green containers, the vitamin containers that my parents would get. I remember, I still remember the smell, the chalkiness of the, the nutrition bars and things like that. But so I was exposed to, uh, to interesting things early on. And, and so I started exploring alternatives. I was, I was somebody who liked to study history and, um, biographies, nonfiction and, uh, religions and stuff like that. And every religion has their rituals and their, um, their herbal medicines and their things that they use. And so, I just was really fascinated by it. And I started looking into it. I ended up uh, going, I was 18, going to a naturopath, took some of what he had given me, this um, homeopathic snake venom. And I ended up going whitewater rafting early in the morning on almost no sleep, got sunstroke, heat stroke, little interaction with the snake venom, and boom, I went into um, anaphylactic shock, stopped breathing. And by the time I got to the hospital, it took the doctors about 26 minutes or so to get me back 
<sighs> and uh, like I said, it's long story short. And <laughs> um, so three, four days later, I'm in the hospital and I sit up and I said, I think I need to be a healer. So I had already learned aromatherapy and, uh, and some of herbology. And so I decided, why don't I go to a massage school? I had been massaging people since I was five years old. So I figured that would be a good thing to do. So I'm 18. I send out about 30 letters to different schools and I just picked one of them to go to. And it turned out that for me, it was the perfect place to go because while the owner of the place didn't really know how to run a school or a business like that, she had been a therapist for over 40 years. And so she knew everybody in the industry. She was very active in the industry. And so she knew everybody and she would fly them in and have them in do intensive education with us on a specific subject. So we did, we got to do things that, you know, doesn't really happen in schools anymore. Like we did cadaver labs at Oregon health and science university. We got anatomy and physiology through the head instructor there. And so we got to <laughs> go into do cadaver labs and uh, we had Zhenya Khrushcheva come and teach us Russian sports therapy and, uh, she's one of the top in the world. Her family is generations of Russian gold, uh, you know, Olympic gold for, for the protocols that they use. And so we just had all of these amazing people. Fast forward three months and I'm running the entire clinic. Our school backs up to Intel, Nike, and Tektronics. And in Beaverton, Oregon. And so I said, well, we need more clients for our clinic. So why don't we bring the clinic to these corporations? They had no corporate wellness programs or anything. And uh, eventually I ended up starting three of the first corporate wellness programs in the country. Unbewittingly to myself, I didn't know that I was doing that, but uh, some of those programs are still running and have expanded tremendously, which is pretty awesome. Um, then fast forward another few months and we were at a health fair. And at the health fair, it was at the Rose Garden in Portland, Oregon. And Richard Simmons was there and I got to work on Richard Simmons. And then Victoria Jackson was there and I got to work on Victoria Jackson, who used to be, I'm probably talking to a younger crowd, so I'm just going to preface this. In the 80s, there was aerobics on ESPN and she was an aerobics instructor on, on ESPN, pretty famous at the time. Our, our audience is mixed ages and uh, myself included. We were, we were alive and, and, and doing well in that time period. So, yeah, people just, are going to know who they are. <laughs> Don't worry about that. I just know that uh, I have teenagers and they, you know, very rarely know any of that kind of stuff. So anyway, yeah. ended up uh, there was a couple uh, pro athletes there. And I ended up working on them at that health fair. There was a game that night. They ended up taking me onto the court with them. Uh, somebody <laughs> on the court got a little ankle injury. I did my instinctual thing of going to fix it. And I ended up with that team for a year. Wow. So 
Um, I think that my career was kind of destined versus something planned or created by me, but um, I, I just fell into these amazing experiences and, and by learning this multimodality kind of way, I ended up creating performance therapy and becoming the original performance therapist. There are many, many tri people trying to uh, copy now, but I am the original. <laughs> wow. That is a fantastic and fascinating story. Uh, yeah. It sounds like uh, you, you went through your own battles and, and had a lot of intuition at such a young age on what to do. And wow, you've really launched yourself. So uh, can you describe what performance therapy actually is? Yeah. So performance therapy falls under the preface that the human body is a singular object, not a series of parts. And by that, I mean that if you go to say the profession of chiropractor, you're going to have somebody who's working with your spinal column and basically the nerve conduction between that. If you go to a massage therapist, you're going to be working with somebody who's going to do pretty much just muscle kind of work. If you go to a, a physical therapist, it's going to be more about joint work uh, and so on. You can kind of see where I'm going with this. Mm -hmm. To me, the professions are split and they should not be split. It should be one set of education that encompasses the entirety of the kinetic chain, which includes bones, joints, muscles, you know, all of those kinds of things. And so that's the preface that I, that I would say to this. This okay. was designed because I was beneficially uh, granted, blessed, whatever, to learn all of these different styles and techniques and blend them and have the mind and, and the hands to blend them into something that was ultimately more effective at providing results when needed and high performance. So I, I called myself the performance therapist. It wasn't actually something I called myself. It was something one of my patients called me uh, because in 10 minutes, we took four tenths of a second off his time and he's an Olympic world record breaking track athlete. So if you could imagine taking four tenths of a second off somebody's time, they're going to maybe win, which means that they're going to have a massive life and career and business and money. And if they get fourth, that's probably not going to happen as much. So the, the stakes are really clear when working with Olympic, Paralympic and professional athletes even actors and actresses, they have a, you know, like a time period that they have to reach a certain goal and you can't miss the goal. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, talk about life changing seconds right. means could mean a whole different world for people Exactly. in high performance. So when you do performance therapy, uh, we're all here on this land. Uh, I would say probably most of my listeners are not Olympic athletes um, I'm not an Olympic athlete, um, nor an actor, but how can this be applied to someone that is not an A-list actor or an you know, Olympic athlete? 
Right. I mean, it can be applied to anybody. And, and here's the point. The point of it being designed because of those people is because they understand the minutiae, the minute, the things mm-hmm. that are imperceptible to majority of people. And so that's where it, it becomes, if you have somebody who can train somebody who believes in that, aren't the, aren't, isn't that person going to be 10 times better off treating you? as a patient, right? That person mm-hmm. on an Olympic athlete. Oh yeah. They could work on me. Cause I've got way less issues than what an Olympic person would need to have. Right. Right. Okay. So that's where, where that comes in. But, but here's the thing with an Olympic athlete, with a professional athlete, you have to get a result. If you don't get a result, you're not going to get a job again as a therapist. And so the point is, for therapists and for the patients who are going to therapists is to find somebody who understands the minutiae, because if they understand the minutiae, they'll ask you more questions. Mm-hmm. And so one of the ways that I tell patients that they, they need to start interviewing their trainers, their therapists, their doctors, they need to interview them and find out if that person has the skill set, but also the empathy to listen to what it is that you specifically need. Medicine has become, and, and frankly, care in general has become like an assembly line. You go to a massage envy, and while yes, it's cheap, it's inexpensive, it is also cheap. It's an assembly line. They're trained not to work with you, they're trained to work with the general population and do a very specific routine at a very specific time and be done, even if you're not done getting better. And so as a responsibility uh, for yourself, pay more money, get better results, but also find out if the person that you're paying is worthy of you even going to them to begin with. Because I'll tell you, I I get more clientele and, and people coming in in my career from physicians, doctors, chiropractors, massage therapists that they had gone to in bulk and not gotten results after not gotten results after not gotten results. And the first thing I ask them is how many questions did they ask you when you started? That is a wonderful tip. And I I cannot stress that enough. And I'm so glad you brought that up. And I think anybody listening we all are seeking assistance. So that is a great tip. And if you are a practitioner, it's also a good tip to know we are here for the individual, for the greater cause. So I really appreciate you speaking your mind about that. And I could not agree more. Awesome. Thank you. Absolutely. It's, you know, it's my pleasure to help. I want the world to be a better place. It's really simple. And Mm -hmm. If it starts in our physical body, the emotional body starts in our physical body, the chemistry that we are producing, the things that are going through our minds are not necessarily of ours. They're of the chemistry and the health that we're in. And when we increase our general health, we all of a sudden can think more clearly, make better decisions, turn into healthier people, not fight as often, not react as much, learn more critical thinking and nuanced thinking. We can become 
the people that we want to see in the world. Yes, yes, that is great. So let me back up a little bit. Um, so we're talking about performance therapy, but you also had a very unique background. And I want to know uh, what you have done now that you're doing this work or pioneering this work. Um, how have you applied it to yourself? And are you doing a lot better? Because you said you had a brain injury that wasn't diagnosed early on, and then you've learned how to live with it. So can you tell me a little bit more about what you're doing for yourself? Yeah, so uh, it's a brain tumor, and it's a hormone-secreting brain tumor called a microadenoma. And in this case, it's a, called a prolactinoma, which is a tumor in the pituitary gland that secretes prolactin, which is a hormone that basically messes up all the other hormones in a man's body. It's supposed to be uh, very low in a man's body because it's what secretes the milk, the lactin, right? Prolactin. Mm -hmm. It's what secretes the milk out of the breast when you're breastfeeding. And so it's not really supposed to be in men at, at any kind of high levels. So just as a, a, um, but Tony Robbins has the same kind of pituitary tumor. The only difference is his secretes human growth hormone, which is kind of crazy because that's why he's big and energetic and has that bigger than life life, you know, mm -hmm. similar kind of thing. I got the, the short end of the stick, so to speak. <laughs> only I'm much shorter than he is. <laughs> okay. Okay. So I grew up, um, I had to be injected into puberty. Uh, I had breast reduction when I was 14. Uh, probably part of the energetic side of that, uh, being molested when I was three and raped growing up was not um, fun and probably energetically could have played a role in this particular kind of tumor <laughs> that stops testosterone and, and makes uh, you know your body not grow up and grow into that sexual age. So um, it was found when I was 24. So if you can imagine, I started having symptoms at seven, started having treatments at 12 and 24 is when they found it, how much unrest that meant. Yeah. Treating it um, and the doctors, it basically messed parts of my mind up because they had given me antipsychotics to go with this hormone reduction, which go with the tumor shrinker, which went with this anti-seizure just in case med. I mean, it was like this big pool of, of medicine. And, uh, and for some reason I like, I couldn't even go outside except for if I had an appointment, I could always make my appointments, my commitments, my responsibilities, but afterwards, it was like I couldn't even go out on the balcony. Messed me up. Not only did it do that, but because it's a big estrogen supplier, um, and my estrogen is more than three times what a male's should be, um, it also put on a massive amount of weight. So I grew up as an athlete getting injured. I was a baseball player, gymnast, martial artist, long distance cycler. I played tennis. I mean, I was an athlete and every year I kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger and eventually 340 pounds. 
doing a double flip over a car at 45 miles an hour off my motorcycle after getting T-boned and having martial arts and Olympics or gymnastics, you know, kick into my head somehow. I did a tuck pike double flip, landed on my feet, but I rolled forward, injured my legs and <laughs> road rashed one of them. And then, you know, but I noticed how lucky I was that I had well-trained ankles and yeah. I didn't have a broken bone. And I realized how many people didn't have the, don't have the luck of being a gymnast growing up and having your instructor do a dismount on the rings with his ankles turned out and say, this is why we train ankles. Right. So mm-hmm. While my background is on the science side and on the um, education side, it's also on the experience side. And so I find the places and the gaps that most people miss. So in in this kind of a certification, I'm teaching the practitioner how to ask questions and how to do assessments that give an entire picture. Mm. So teach them functional blood. So instead of pathological blood, so these are labs that you get. Normally your, your labs are read pathologically, which means a bell curve of 95% of the population as if 95% of the population were healthy. They're not. So there's functional levels, which basically means these are the optimal where, where your hormones, where your chemistry is performing the best. Mm -hmm. And so that's a very different level. When you find people outside of those levels, there's levels of dis-ease or sub-optimization, lack of performance in their bodies. So if you're, you know, somebody, an audience member listening to this and you're finding that, you know, you're performing at less than what you're capable of, there's some kind of dis-ease in your system, which is an inflammatory disorder. That's where where all disease starts is inflammation. And so there's some kind of thing going on there. That's why you're in that chronic pain. And that's very different than obviously injurious pain. Mm -hmm. Right. Very different from an acute pain, the chronic that continues. Okay. So again, this is all very fascinating and you are, you are definitely someone going through the ropes and then cultivating what you now call performance therapy. So are you at a level of, you know, has your weight gone down? Have you, do you feel like you're monitored where you're um, doing very well with everything that you've applied to other people, to yourself and functioning at your best with living with a brain tumor? Yeah. So I, Pretty recently, last few years, um, spent a long time in a mirror, screaming and crying and um, going through an emotional release. While I was doing that, I also was detoxifying through several kinds of fasts. So some that I recommend, some that I don't, or at least under some kind of supervision, but I did a 50-day juice cleanse followed by a 10-day water fast followed by a paleo cleanse. Um, While I was doing that, I was also, I had just had uh, neck and back surgery 
from a car accident. So stem cells put in my, in my neck and back, they couldn't actually get them into my discs because my spine had already started calcifying over. So in the lumbar spine, they couldn't get it into the, the facets. They had to, or into the disc, they could only get them in, into the facets. Uh, and at some point, about four months later, my entire left side of my body, you know, like shut down. And I think just kind of nerve pinched. So I've pretty close to recovered from that, except for my, my right hand is sometimes functional and sometimes not. Uh, but always my pinky and the other finger are kind of numb. So that's just like a little bit. So of, of what I'm going through, but my point is, is that I'm going through this screaming and crying. I lost 140 pounds. So I was told by doctors that I would never lose weight, that I would be gaining weight until the day I died, that I didn't have the right hormone, that I didn't have the right thing, that the bypass of the system and the chemistry was. So that's what I was told. And that to me was uh, the time to basically say goodbye to the doctor and um, give him a symbol that was not the kindest of symbols and say, okay, enough of this. I'm going to go the other route. <laughs> and, uh, and so, you know, it's taken a long time and it's still obviously a bit of a struggle. I find that if I eat anything outside of the AIP diet, which is the autoimmune protocol diet, um, then I'll tend to have some symptoms here or there and obviously bloating and things like that. If I stay within the AIP, then I'm not um, causing my body more struggle and stress because I'm not putting in known allergens, known things that can inflame me. So, you know, it's, it's, it's always a process. I find that what anybody needs, if you're a patient, you're curable. And I use this word curable, not just treatable. You're curable. It's just a matter of who has the key to open your lock, right? And right. in order to have that key, you need to ask questions to know what that key is going to be. You need to, you know, the problem in the industry is that we throw darts on the dartboard thinking that hopefully they're going to stick instead of testing. So I always say test, 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 first test, then create a plan. And so if your practitioner, trainer, therapist, doctor is not creating a plan that you can look forward to, meaning that it's not just the next week or two weeks, it's not, it's not we'll do 10 sessions and see how it goes. It's here's the plan based on the conversation that we had, which was a way of me getting to know every single thing that might block you from getting the result that you need. Here's the plan that we've created. And then you get them to agree to the plan. So as a therapist or trainer, you're getting them to agree to a plan. Sign a document. They're paying you for that because nobody else is going to get them the results if they don't do that. 
they're going to get results. It's going to be hit or miss because they're not doing the proper tests, but, or the, and the, the proper tests with the proper context. So the story of your life is the context in which the tests come back in. So somebody else might have similar test results and a very different story, and it's going to take a completely different protocol for them to get healthy than it is for you to get healthy. Some things may be the same, but yours is going to be individualized for you because medicine should not be a generalized sport. (laughs) It should be an individualized plan to get you the results. If we started doing this as a system, our health outcomes would be so much better. Our health outcomes, the results, the cure, you don't have to be stuck with diabetes for the rest of your life. You don't. You don't have to be stuck with heart disease the rest of your life. You don't have to be stuck with chronic pain the rest of your life. You just need to make that the priority because that and your life is important. So you make what's priority, what's important, and you are important. Thank you, Ari. Thank you for sharing all this intricate stuff that you've been dealing with and continue to deal with. And you are definitely someone living the model of what you speak of. Oh, yeah. It's the passionate health advocate, Dance Break. Now get up and shake your thing. When people, you know, as people are listening to this, um, I know when I work with people, they come from a place of overwhelm. So let's say people are having these issues that you're talking about. It's like, where do they start? And I, you know, I have you on the show because I knew you had such a very interesting background uh, and you're doing fascinating work. And so people listening, it's like, what's the first step? So, you know, with people that are feeling like, okay, maybe my issues aren't being addressed. How would you address that? Because you do performance therapy. Is this just for execution or do you deal with people dealing with diseases or what do you say to someone that is dealing with a disease and wants to reverse it? Yeah. So, um, yes, I'm, I'm trained in functional medicine as a consultant. So I'm not a doctor. I'm not a chiropractor. I'm not, you know, I don't have the MD in front of my name. My, my doctor, I have doctorate in metaphysics, <laughs> but, um, so, you know, I just want to be really clear, but I have a lot of training. Yes. <laughs> training. Uh, to me is more important necessarily than the title that you give that training. So I guess I'm going to be a little controversial just saying that. So I I just wanted to preface it with, with that. But um, so where do you start is you start by asking yourself the question, why? And it's not, why is this happening to me? It's why am I feeling this? 
right now? Why am I feeling that right now? Why am I angry? Why am I sad? Why am I tired? What is happening in my life right now that is causing this? And you just then sit and wait for an answer. So, you, you know, as a person doing self-discovery, if, if you're, you know, your audience are people who like self-discovery, right? You sit and you ask yourself questions. What if I wasn't feeling this way? Who would I be? This is a really big question because a lot of people are stuck in their pain because they're stuck in the identity that the pain gives them. Yes, that is very true. Yeah. I know for me, this is, this is very true because my identity was the short fat Jew who, you know, had no friends and everybody took advantage of. That was my identity growing up in my head. I was never going to be anything other than the, the, the kid who was being accused of, you know, killing Jesus and, uh, and being too fat for his friends to hang around with and, you know, all these things. So the identity shifts and all of a sudden your health starts to shift. So you have to think, who am I without my pain? Who am I without my disease? Because don't we all say things like, I am a diabetic? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Not have diabetes. In, in, in most cases, it's, it's, I am a diabetic. So why don't we, what if we stopped and said, I'm with diabetes, but soon we won't be together anymore. (laughs) Right. Right. Just changing that. And how do you change those things? Well, most of these kinds of conditions that are like massive in the world these days can easily and inexpensively be dealt with, with just switching the things that you put in your mouth, the things that you use in your shower, the things that you put on your face and the soaps that you use. I mean, these things that are ultra chemicalized, while they don't have necessarily um, immediate consequences, they have long-term chronic consequences. And those consequences are massive buildup of constant flooding of inflammation because it's not just one product that we're doing. Like if, if we had just the shampoo, okay, maybe, but if we have the shampoo, the conditioner and the soap, uh, we're okay. But we have the shampoo, the conditioner, the soap and the laundry detergent that we put on. And Oh, by the way, we're also eating the, the food that's been filled with hormones and antibiotics and chemicals. And we're, you know, the vegetables that have been sprayed with neurotoxins and, and things to kill bugs. I mean, if, if we, as an audience start thinking kind of critically and, and with common sense about what it is that we're putting into our mouths, this sad diet, otherwise known as the standard American diet, right? Yes. Uh Processed chemicalized foods that are filled with sugar. So if we think about it that way, we begin to change these decisions that we make. And all of a sudden the results in our body begin to, to turn around. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
So we clean somebody out. That's the first thing that we do. They're not allowed to exercise. They're not allowed to work out. They're not allowed to do anything because it's tough to be cleaned out of toxins. It's emotionally draining. It's mentally draining. It makes you physically drained, right? It's Mm -hmm. tough to go through a cleanse. So we don't put anything else with it. Then when they're done with that cleanse, we test them. Why do we test them after the cleanse? Because now they're not reacting to all the things that they're putting in their mouth, right? Mm -hmm. So after the cleanse, we do the test. Now we're going to get a more accurate result in blood, stool, saliva, urine, et cetera. It could be hair analysis. You know, there's all kinds of different tests that, that we can do to make sure that we're covering all aspects of your body's chemistry. Now we read that in a functional way. We take into account all the things in the life. Maybe that person used to work for a, a you know plumbing company that dealt with lead pipes. Maybe the, you know they're living in a place that has mold. Maybe they're all kinds of things that you can't get an answer in in seven minutes, which is the typical doctor visit. Right. Okay. You just can't. So let let's ask the patient. Let's ask the audience, you know, if you're, if you, if you comment on, on these posts and on these, uh, these conversations, would you pay more money for somebody who asked you all these questions and wanted to know and find out every single thing about why you could possibly be sick so that they could take it all into account so that you could get better faster? Or would you rather pay less money and suffer through treatments that aren't fixing the problem for years and years and years? What would you prefer? Because you're the consumer that makes the decision on where the money gets spent. And who's worthy of getting that money? Is it the person with the degree that has a seven-minute appointment that makes you wait an hour for that seven-minute appointment that you have to then go to in order to just get to go to the specialist that you then have to make another appointment that you have to then go to them that you then have to wait around for an hour for their seven minute appointment for the specialist, which system do you want to promote? The one that pays your bills for you or the one that gets the results that you want that you need so that you're healthy enough and your brain is cognitive enough to make the decisions that you can make a business that can make the money to pay the thing so that you, and, you know, and just so you know, it gets cheaper as you get older instead of more expensive because you're not coming from a place of sickness. You're coming from a place of health. So it's up to you to decide what your priorities are and to find therapists that have the same kind of mindset and feeling that it's you who I'm here for, not your money. So that's some good information and good advice. And, you know, I believe you're referring to mainly the American medical model, because I know there's people that are listening in different parts of the world. Um, So in your opinion, this is the divide of what you're doing or what, what you have found to help you because what you were seeking before was not helping you live with your tumor the way you need to live. And so. Right. I, I 
to both. I went to both systems. What, what's the other system? I went to the alternative medicine, homeopathic, mm-hmm. herbal, okay. et cetera. And I went to, to the Western medicine and neither one of them did a thing. Got it. Because none of them are being taught how to program design and develop and how to ask these deep questions. Alternative side of medicine, yes, they ask a lot more questions. They have a lot more time because they're not constrained by the force of the insurance companies. Right, right. A lot of them will still do a canned, pre-planned plan that that isn't personal-based for that mm-hmm. you know, individual. Doesn't take into account, they, they may, and they may do a plan based on their questions, but they don't do the tests because they don't, they're not doctors. So they can't order the test or they think they can't, you know, there's all, or they don't work with the other doctors. So there's all kinds of. Got it. I'm saying this is an across the board issue that mm-hmm. needs with on both sides of, of the fence. It's Got it. for the alternative healthcare and not the doctors or the doctors and not the healthcare, the alternative healthcare, because they need each other. And if they start talking like this, then they'll start speaking the same language more, which means that they can collaborate better, which means that they'll get better outcomes. Yes. Yes. So tell us with your work, what it would be like to actually, can you kind of run us through what you do from the ground up? Kind of like, okay, if I, if I come in to work with you, let's say I want to improve my running um, for anybody that's out there and say, let's say I even was dealing with pain, but I want to go back to running marathons, but I have hip pain. Um, how would you treat me? So, I mean, cause this is, this is definitely eye opening for people listening. And just so we want to get a better picture of, okay, you're describing there's limitations and both sides of the coin when it comes to our treatment. So you're bringing, you're bridging the gap. So tell us what it would be like to treat someone, you know, that's coming in that wants to go back to running marathons, but has chronic hip pain. Yeah. So, I mean, chronic hip pain would probably be fair, fairly easy <laughs> to tell you the truth to, to treat because, um, it, you know, the joint issue is going to have some inflammation, some swelling. There might be some arthritis. I mean, these are things that we, we find out. So we ask a lot of the questions, obviously, like I had mentioned before, we find out what the issue is. So not only do we find out what the issue is that's happening internally, we, we find out what's happening externally. So how are you compensating for the fact that your hip is hurting and out? And what are the, the consequences to those compensations? So if you're leaning more to one side, if you're turning in your ankle, if you're turning out your ankle, if you're turning in your knee, et cetera, we find out what all the the things that you're doing to compensate for that. And we start training back in the proper movement. So we, we start that kinetic chain training. Um, and I have a, a, an entire template. So it, it's going to depend on how much time uh, you have before the next marathon that you want to, uh, to get into. And if that timeline fits within a proper protocol system, but uh, you know, the template kind of is assess, um, do the foundation work. Like even Olympic guys got pissed at me because I would never let them do their sport until we fixed the foundation of what made them injured to begin with. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're not used to not being on the, 
on the course, right? On the field, on the whatever that they're doing. So um, they would get upset, but I wouldn't let them do for the first amount of time any of the sport that got them injured to begin with because there was some reason they got injured. There was something that they had been doing chronically Mm-hmm. that then became acute because it became too much, right? So mm-hmm. we find every aspect of the kinetic chain that's being compromised and we start treating the kinetic chain so that it is extremely strong, durable, and remains in what we would call an optimal flow. So knee in front of, you know, ankle properly at every step, you know, your foot in the right direction, your gates proper, your hips are aligned so we make sure that we do that first before you start training for the sport again. Now, when you're training for the sport, you're going to kind of have to relearn it a little bit because you're not going to want to repeat the same habits that you had, which right. is why we take you off so that you're not doing those habits while we're fixing the issue. Then we take you out and we show you how to run properly so that, you know, you're not <laughs> going to re-injure or restart the, the the bad habits. And we do that for a while. And sometimes I'll do that even on a table. So I'll have them exercising on the table, doing the run, the movement of the run. And we'll look, okay, is the hip turning out? Is the hip turning out? And then, you know, I'll put my hands up maybe as a guide and say, okay, keep your knees between this, these markers and if it goes out, we know that that hip is getting weak on the outside. And anyway, so there, there's all kinds of things that we would do in order to bring you back first so that then your body is not in a position to get injured again and, and to make that a, a thing that happens easily. We train ankles. Why do we train ankles? First thing to go when you're running is you run on a piece of gravel and all of a sudden your ankle turns out and oops, now you're out. Next thing that we make sure of is that you're not causing yourself shin splints. The next thing we make sure of is that you're not causing yourself to be cramping. How do we do that is proper nutrition beforehand. Make sure you have enough water and electrolytes and minerals and so on. Um, We, we kind of in the industry are shifting away from doing carb loading and starting to do fat loading because it's much healthier for you. It burns uh, a lot longer. So it fuels you for much longer. So you don't get the jumps and highs and lows, you know, all those kinds of things. Plus we can do it with MCT and things like that. So it helps lubricate your joints. You get the proper fats um, in, in the diet before you do something like a marathon and you've got all these good fats fueling you and lubricating your joints at the same time. Uh, people, you know, are so afraid of fat, but what is your brain made out of fat and cholesterol? That's what, that's what makes your brain. So if you're not eating it, you're not thinking. (laughs) Good point. Good point. Well, thank you for showing us what it would be like, you know, if someone wanted, you know, had hip pain and wanted to run a marathon. So we're now we're getting a better idea of how thorough you are with the work um, looking at not just uh, functional, but also uh, your fuel intake and recorrecting the movements before you move forward to do better performance. Yeah. And so if somebody wants to, or did you have something else you wanted to say about that? Last thing, I, I just want to make sure after all of that, mm-hmm. still are working on the mind. 
Okay. Yes. Mindset. If somebody is afraid they're going to re-injure themselves, they're going to re-injure themselves. (laughs) And so we have to work on mindset. We have to have the belief that not only am I going to be back to way I was, but I'm going to be 10 times better because I'll have prepared my foundation more. So we work on the mindset so that when they get to competition, when they get to recreation, doesn't matter, recreational, doesn't matter if, if it's you get to a parking lot at the grocery store and instead of parking in the handicap zone, you're parking at the back of the parking lot and walking the whole way and not hurting. It's the same thing. Mm-hmm. So I just am saying this is this is not a pie in the sky. I have to be in a competition kind of thing. This is I want to get out of my car without hurting and be able to walk through a parking lot and an entire grocery store without having to lean onto the cart because I'm in pain. So it can be that simple. I want to pick up my grandchild. It can be that simple. It's, it doesn't have to be the, the pie in the sky. It's the same process for finding out why is it that this is how your body is reacting, asking lots of questions, testing, and then figuring out what in your mind is keeping you there. Mm, very good point. And I'm really happy you brought that up. Not only about the difference between, you know, the pie in the sky and what you call simple, because for people that are dealing with a lot of pain, um, that is not a simple thing. That is a huge thing. And we've talked about before how people identify with the pain. So, so that's huge and life-changing. So it doesn't mean you have to be an Olympic runner. Uh, the fact that you could actually walk through a parking lot without pain, if you're someone that's been dealing with chronic pain, that that is definitely a game changer. So thank you for clarifying that. Yeah. And that's, that sounds really fascinating. And I know people are curious. So you have pioneered this. Does that mean now there are a lot of other performance therapists? Are they working underneath you? What's, what's going on? What if people want to actually inquire or get to know or work with someone like you? Yeah. So I've had about 30 students so far. So not a lot. But um, we're working on that. My my joy is doing the work. And so I, I'm not very good at the digital marketing side of life. And <laughs> so, you know, with all this COVID happening, we've had to transition from live courses that are hands-on that people would come to me and, and learn, which was fun to um, I'm figuring out how to, how to put this online, at least do a kind of preliminary course to teach people the concepts behind it, even if they're not going to be able to learn the practical right now, so to speak. But um, so I do have a course that, that we teach practitioners and that's anybody who touches or trains a body. That's, I think, to answer your question about how people could uh, get a hold of me if they're in that arena, if somebody wants to work with me and get well, um, I'm starting a mastermind program with my show, create a new tomorrow, which is designed to get your body and your emotions and your mind and your business and your life, all of it, all at once on the right track. You also envision what your perfect day is, what 
what kind of life you want to lead is. And so now we're getting you healthy. We're detoxing your bodies. We're fixing all that. Now we can actually go into your business and we can help you with the vision of actualizing the thing that will make you the most passionate, the most alive. Because again, if you're not really passionate about what you do, you're not going to be fully alive. So we want you to be. Ain't that the truth. (laughs) And we want you to create a new tomorrow today. Okay. Well, that sounds like a lovely program. When is that? Is the mastermind? Is that what you're saying? When does that start? Yeah. So we're going to be doing a launch for the first of the year. um, And then it'll probably start in February. For listeners, you have that option. Um, also, what if somebody, are you doing virtual services for, for performance therapy in general for people, or do you have other therapists that are available? So if people want to check this out, how could they do that? Yeah, I, ha- I have obviously the, the people that I've taught. So I have them on a list that if somebody's in their town, uh, if somebody wants to work with me, I have an online platform that I use. So we, it's HIPAA compliant. We can do, um, you know, full you know, telemedicine, so to speak, through that platform, I could, you know, prescribe the plans and the nutrition, and we can get them into, you know, blood tests and, and so on uh, through some of the the partners. So, yeah, I mean, that that's how I work with individuals. And so if you're listening, there's a lot of options. And if you want to do, like you said, the, the mastermind course, or working one-on-one with him or his other therapist, and how is it just the website? What would they go to, to, to get more information from you? Yeah, they can go to either achievehealthusa.com or um, createanewtomorrow.com, which is the, uh, the podcast show. You can hear some of the episodes that I've done with others and, uh, and get a lot of, you know, just free tips, tricks. Every episode we ask for tips and tricks uh, that people can do actionably today. And, um, so those two, I, again, working on the the digital marketing side. So, uh, those are kind of in progress right now, but anybody can reach out to me on social media, Ari Gronich at Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, et cetera. Uh, or you can text me, I mean, uh, sorry, email me at info at achievehealthusa.com. Okay. Well, there's a lot we can go with and I'm going to have all of that information in the show notes. So yeah, you'll be able to get the website, his social media and listening to his podcast. You have all of those options. And Ari, I want to thank you so much for having us here and bringing us to the land of performance therapy. And it's truly an eye-opening experience just to hear what you've been going through and what you are doing for other people. It's, it's pretty remarkable. And so thank you so much. I'm glad that you reached out and I'm glad that you've taken us here. And I think this is a good information for people to sit with. You gave us really good tips on how to approach life and how to approach our healing. So I want to thank you very much. Well, thank you so much for having me. And again, I, I just hope that at least one person takes one thing and it became something that changed their life and is, is valuable for them. So thank you for having me. You're welcome. Thanks for joining the passionate health advocate show with your host, Denise DeShutler. 
Like what you hear? Then subscribe, rate, and review this podcast.